Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. I am glad that you're here for another episode, and today we're going to talk about panic attacks. We're going to talk about uh, dealing with, understanding, preventing, addressing panic. And this is so important, especially as we are in the midst of uh, the pandemic, the COVID-19, and also uh, that there are many who are listening who even before uh, the coronavirus had experienced panic attacks. So I want to talk with you some um, about them. So uh, they can happen suddenly and um, often we have not received a warning that it com- that it's coming. Sometimes uh, you can start to identify some triggers and anticipate or know that certain uh, pieces can be a trigger for you. Uh, but sometimes they can show up uh, without any uh, awareness or any warning. And a panic attack can uh, last for a few minutes. Um, And for some, it can go uh, as long as an hour. Um, But with the panic attack, uh, usually it's just for a few minutes and you experience a number of symptoms. So uh, you don't have to have all of these symptoms for it to be a panic attack. But these are some of the ones that people sometimes experience. So this sense of uh, doom or danger a fear or loss of control or a fear or loss that you're going, a fear or sense that you're going to die, uh, a rapid pounding heart rate. Um, you may break out in a sweat. You may start trembling or shaking. For some people, there is a shortness of breath or a tightness in your throat. And we know especially with people uh, being vigilant as it relates to the virus, that shortness of breath or tightness in your throat can also uh, give people that sense of panic of, do I have the virus? Uh, You may also experience chills. Some people experience symptoms that are like a hot flash. Uh, Nausea can show up. You may have cramping in your abdominal area. Some people experience chest pains, and with that chest pain, they may fear that they're having a heart attack. So some people uh, in the early days, when they, when they don't know what it is, when they have that chest pain, they may run uh, to the hospital or call uh, for an ambulance because they believe it's a heart attack, uh, and then the doctors determine um, that it is more uh, psychological, that it's more based in anxiety. Um, Some people experience a headache during their panic attack. Uh, For some, there is dizziness. 
lightheadedness or feeling faint, right? Feeling like you have to, you're going to faint. So needing to sit down or some people holding uh, their head in their hands. Some people in a panic attack experience a numbness or a tingling sensation. And then finally, some people feel what we call unreality. So feeling like they're detached from themselves and from the world around them. So this this moment or these few minutes of disconnect, where in some ways you are outside of yourself, watching yourself. Um, and so that can also be connected to the panic attack. One of the challenges uh, with a panic attack is even once people know what it is, uh, they can be so intense or overwhelming or feel embarrassing. And so then uh, people can develop a fear of another panic attack. So that can lead some people to avoid uh, social situations, um, to avoid being up in front um, of others if that's when a panic attack occurred. Um, and so the avoidance of certain things can, for some people, lead to uh, really having to live a constricted life, a narrow life, uh, because of the fear uh, of another panic attack. And so when you have had uh, a panic attack, it really is important. And first, when you're not sure what it is, it's especially important to even see a medical doctor, because as you heard me describe some of the symptoms, that some people may be having a medical emergency. So you don't want to, uh, the first time you're having tightness in your chest or any of these symptoms, assume that it's anxiety, right? Um, if that's what it is, then the doctor will be able uh, to let you know that, or they'll recommend that you speak with a mental health professional. But once you're clear um, that it really is about the panic, um, that it really is about the anxiety. It can be very helpful to work with a mental health professional in order to address it. There are different causes for panic attacks. For some people, it can be connected with, or one of the factors can be genetics. And so you may have family members who have lived with, dealt with panic attacks. And so you may also develop them. And that may be both um, when we talk about the genetic piece, um, but also a modeling piece in terms of seeing that this is the impact of intense uh, stress. And so along with genetics, another factor is facing major stress. So when people have faced uh, major challenges or traumas, some people when they're dealing with grief or loss, uh, for some people, if they have dealt with a breakup or a divorce, for some people, when they have had a trauma such as incarceration or sexual assault, they may experience it. And for some, as we are dealing with this uh, global pandemic, uh, you may find yourself experiencing uh, the panic attack. Uh, another factor is in terms of our temperament, uh, that some of us have a, a sensitivity toward uh, stress. In other words, that we feel things very deeply. And so if I am a person who feels things very deeply, that can also be a factor, a contributing factor that will lead me to 
going into the panic attack. And then the reality is certain changes uh, that occur can affect even our brain functioning. So we recognize, and there's been research that shows that trauma affects the brain, but the good news that we talk about is that healing and recovery also um, affects the brain. So there's a word we use, neuroplasticity, right? Neuroplasticity, meaning that the brain can change um, as a result of the experiences that we have, both for the negative and then also uh, for in terms of healing, growth, and thriving. And so as we are uh, dealing with a panic attack, you can know that Uh, These risk factors can include, as I've said, uh, trauma events, having a family history of panic attacks, major life uh, stress. Uh, You should also be aware that excessive intake of caffeine can increase the likelihood of a panic attack. Smoking can also be a risk factor for panic attacks. And uh, unfortunately, history of childhood trauma increases the likelihood of us experiencing a panic attack. Now, with a panic attack, you may notice it affecting your life in various ways. So uh, some people, as I was mentioning, develop phobias. So some people become afraid of going out of the house, afraid of driving, um, afraid of public speaking or being uh, in front of others, afraid of social events or large gatherings, because there is the concern that I may have a panic attack. And then if that happens, um, I would be embarrassed or feel out of control. It's, it's a um, very stressful, intense experience. Some people develop uh, a lot of medical fears. And uh, yesterday I was doing a webinar on coping with the pandemic. And during the Q&A, someone was sharing, you know, I've already had a fear of death. And now with the virus that has become intensified, so they were sharing uh, it's even uh, too scary for them to go to the bank or to the store. And these are things that they need to do or get done. Um, And so for some, it can create a lot of uh, medical fears and that can have financial consequences if I'm going um, for a lot of testing, but they're not finding anything. Um, those can be uh, very stressful. Not only that, but the fear of panic attacks can create problems at work and at school uh, because of the concern of it happening again. Some people's panic attacks can then uh, lead to depression or other anxiety disorders and additional psychiatric disorders. Uh, Some people, if they're having a lot of panic attacks or severe panic attacks, may have increased thoughts around suicide. And then uh, there are the challenges of us trying to medicate it with substances. So trying to soothe ourselves with uh, alcohol or other drugs or um, with food. We did an episode on emotional eating. And so uh, sometimes to try to address it, Um, another problem can emerge or intensify. And so there are some uh, helpful things I want to share as you are uh, 
thinking about addressing panic uh, within yourself or uh, thinking about being a support person to your loved ones who may uh, deal with panic. And that is the first one is to try to get professional help as soon as possible. Because what happens is if we are continuing to have them um, and they're going untreated, then the fear of them and the social avoidance and the other issues can magnify, um, can multiply. And so as soon as you become aware that uh, this is something I am dealing with, to really uh, push against the stigma um, as it relates to mental health and therapy, to know that we are worthy, deserving of care, of support, and that it is a gift to ourselves to seek out um, our mental health support. Um, along with therapy, another recommendation, um, our self-help book. And um, while I don't work with this publishing company, I like to tell people about New Harbinger. Harbinger is H-A-R-B-I-N-G-E-R, New Harbinger Press. They have a lot of mental health workbooks. And so either in addition to therapy or if for various reasons you're not ready or open to therapy or find it unaffordable or any of those barriers, um, that there are self-help workbooks um, that specifically address anxiety um, and address panic attacks and panic disorder. Um, I want to also uh, encourage what we call embodied healing. Uh, so embodied healing is really our physical activity, our physical activity. So we carry stress uh, in the body. We carry out, carry our worries, our doubts, our fears, our insecurities in our bodies. And so they can manifest with migraine headaches, uh, with nausea. They can manifest uh, with the sweating. Uh, they can manifest uh, in body ache and back ache. And so uh, a part of our healing is not just shifting my thinking, but actually moving my body. So not in the middle of a panic attack, but if I am uh, consistently having a practice of moving my body, of walking or running or exercising or dancing or yoga, uh, then it helps for the stress to not um, build up in the body, right? It helps for me to be tuned into my body. And it also gives me a new experience, a new relationship with my physical body. Some people, because of trauma or because of panic attacks, um, start to think about their bodies as an enemy. And it is very important for us to befriend these temples. It is very important for us to honor, care for, nourish, and get tuned into the body because uh, the body is telling me some things uh, that sometimes in advance of my mind making note of it. So when I'm tuned into my body, then I can become aware of some shifts in myself or in the room as it relates to me starting to feel some fear or concern 
or caution or me starting to feel unsafe. Yes. And so getting a sense of uh, not only the physical movement, but in terms of the, the cognitive part, right, the mental part, the psychological part is for me to uh, be willing to take a look at um, the source, the root and the triggers of what I am stressed about, what I am worried about, what I am anxious or afraid of. Because the reality is sometimes our bodies are carrying the weight of our unacknowledged grief, our unacknowledged or unrecognized fears. And so we may be saying outwardly or on the surface, I'm fine and I'm good, but my panic is telling me a deeper story, a fuller story. And so for us to open ourselves up to the possibility that we actually are stressed. And then what are the things that I can do, not just in the moment of a panic attack, but in my larger life, what are some things that I can do around my stress management? And what are some things that will actually make my stress worse, right? So when we mentioned the caffeine um, or the substance dependence, that is that in the end, creating more difficulty for me, right? So around my coping with my fears and anxieties, uh, there is the uh, emotion-focused coping. And so really nourishing and encouraging myself. There is the problem-solving coping for looking at what can I do about the concerns that I have. And then there's also the distraction coping where sometimes I need to take my mind off of this issue and put my focus and my attention on something else. And so in the midst of uh, the panic attack, it's important uh, that my positive self-talk, the messages I begin to tell myself, to say to myself, it's going to be okay. I'm going to be okay to be able to sit down, especially if you're standing and starting to feel faint, to be able to sit down. For some people, leaning forward can help, or for some people, putting their head back can help. Uh, putting a cloth on your head uh, can be helpful as a way of bringing you into the present moment and grounding you. Focusing in on your breathing as you try to take breath, not from that panic place, but from the sense of what is the affirmation and the message I am telling myself that I breathe in the peace and I breathe out the fear. That I breathe in peace and I breathe out the panic. It can also help when uh, the young people have a dance where they talk about brushing their shoulders off, right? Um, so it can help to actually using my hands to brush away, like first brushing away on my face, my neck, brushing off my shoulders, my arms, brushing off the front of my body, my chest, my abdomen. So it's releasing that energy, that stress, even down my legs, right? Brushing off the thighs off, down toward the knees, 
brushing off the calves down toward the feet. And so I am, uh, if this works for you in the moment, because as I said, people's symptoms are different. So for some people, you will just need to try to sit still and reclaim your breath. For some, you can do uh, the brushing motion or you can get that cloth with the, the wet cloth and place it on your forehead. And just being mindful uh, of the message, shifting my language to myself, right? Uh, that I am not dying, shifting the language of myself, instead saying to myself, I've had this before, I'm having a panic attack, right? So I can acknowledge it to myself and say, it passed before, it's going to pass again. It's going to pass again. And so I shift my mind so that I can outlast this moment, these minutes of panic. And I do that without judgment, without condemnation. I'm not mad at myself for panicking. Instead, it is my body that is trying to take care of me. My body is feeling in danger. And so this is the manifestation of that perception or that view. And so I am giving myself loving kindness and care. I am speaking to myself and over myself. I am okay. I am okay and this will pass. I am all right and this will pass. I am going to be all right, right? Because in the moment of panic, right, that can, I'm okay, may feel like a lie, right? So if that doesn't feel good to you in the moment of the panic, then instead of I am already okay, I am going to be okay, right? Into the process, into the future. And it's not um, a distant future, right? Very soon, in a few minutes, my breathing is going to return to normal. My heart rate is going to return to normal. The sweating is going to stop. In a few minutes, I'm not going to feel dizzy anymore. In a few minutes, yes. So we speak to ourselves with kindness and with compassion. And then you can start to recognize while I said in the beginning, these panic attacks can feel random, and some of them are random, some of them can be triggered by certain uh, events or situations or people. And so if there are triggers for you, then you can start to recognize what those are. And so it doesn't mean that now I can like never go to the market or never go to the bank or never go where people are, but instead of it being um, a sentence that I can never do those things, it means that I um, have to give myself extra care in advance and while I'm in those places and nourishment after, right? If this is a, a place where you need to be. For some people, when we talk about, for example, trauma survivors, you may say being around the offender may bring about a panic attack and you may say, so I do not want to be around the offender anymore, right? That's a, a, that is a, a choice for your wellness and possibly for your safety. Um, but if it is uh, leaking into 
larger areas of your life that are beyond a uh, individual who did harm to you. But now I am uh, socially constricted, restricted. Uh, my life is now it's affecting my functioning in the world. Then to really uh, set the aim and the goal, and we do it with steps. So the things that uh, really bring out panic for me, if objectively speaking this is a relatively safe place, like it's not inherently dangerous, um, then I can take steps toward uh, being uh, in those places. Um, I remember working with someone who um, was present at a mass shooting. And so um, the next time that she wanted to go to a large event, um, she uh, decided to go and have two friends go with her. And, you know, they were her support team and she could kind of breathe through it and always knew the possibility of if, if it becomes too much, I can leave and my friends are prepared to leave with me. Like no one's going to give me an attitude or give me a hard time because we need to leave. Um, and, you know, she was able to stay for the event and um, being able to create a new memory in that space. Right. So the time before this, when I went to a large event um, there were people who were shot and killed, but I have had an event, a new memory in a similar type space and people gathered and we had a good time. And while it was stressful, um, I got through it and was able to enjoy myself. So it is helpful to be able to create new memories uh, in places in situations that have cre had uh, that have created panic in the past. So I want you to know if you deal with panic attacks, that uh, it is so important to give yourself compassion, understanding, patience. It is important to give yourself permission to reach out and get help whether with a mental health professional or first you, if you want to try it with a self-help book, as I mentioned, um, you can also look at uh, meditation as a way of learning how to calm yourself uh, in those moments and prior to those moments um, as a way of addressing the panic. You can also think about journaling. What are the things that you are anxious about worried about, stressed about, that as I move my body, as I write about it, as I meditate, that my body does not have to be the container of my panic, but that I can breathe through it. And in those moments when it does manifest in my body, that I can also breathe through it with compassion and with clarity, that I will get through these moments I will get through these moments and I open myself up to receive peace. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home. <laughs>